Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We are literally in Christmas week. Can you believe it? (laughs) Okay, I'm just curious. How many procrastinators, like who isn't done with Christmas shopping yet? You guys are my people. I'm actually almost done, but um, you know when you start shopping and then you realize you forgot someone and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't forget my cousins. And then you go back to the store. Anyway, that's me. I should probably just sit down and make a thorough list and then do one shopping trip, but here I am. It's okay. (laughs) Um, But I love Christmas. I love the holidays. I love just every single feeling attached to celebration, I'm, I'm here for it. And my husband and I have had to work through, we're coming up on 12 years of marriage. We've been together 15 years. And literally it's been like 15 years of working through this tension of he doesn't like <laughs> celebrating and I love celebrating. <laughs> he actually is really fun. I wouldn't be married to him if he wasn't. But it's just funny because around Christmas, I'm like, okay, here we go again. I want to do all the things, the hot chocolate, and not just like check off the list. Like I want the whole experience, you know what I mean? And I don't want to do it by myself. I want like my entire family there and us dress cute and get the photo, but also not just fake the photo, like actually experience the photo, you know what I mean? And so Christmas for me is like, it's a lot of pressure, I think, on Mike, but you're doing an okay job. I give you like an A (laughs) minus. It's pretty good. In years past, it would have been like a C minus or, you know, we're spiraling upwards, guys. Um, but <laughs> who knows, like family does this to you. Like when you are in close proximity to people and you have all these expectations and you're, you have all these pre, you know, preconceived notions of how your life should be and how we should experience Christmas in this week. And everyone's coming into town and you're preparing for that. And you know, sometimes that's like a lot to prepare for, not just, you know, grocery shopping, just like mentally preparing to go into family and all the dynamics. And I, I was praying about what, what should I preach on? Cause I could go a lot of different ways tonight. There's a lot that I could say. I mean, the word is so beautiful. I could read out of Isaiah and talk about the prophecies that we are living in the fruition of all of these prophecies over thousands of years that Jesus was going to be born and save the world. And I could literally preach about that all night long. And I'm like, no, that's not what the Holy Spirit wants. And through a series of conversations and personal conversations that I had over the last week, I'm like, okay, I think as the mom of this house, we need to have a family meeting. (laughs) So um, for our first time guests, you are a VIP tonight, but as you heard Pastor Marco and Natalie say, next week when you come back, you're family. And that's not just a catchy thing we say, it's actually biblical. And I wanna talk about what it is like, and the, oh, they haven't put my message title up. The title of my message is, I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. And I wanna talk about the home and how we operate as a family. 
uh, because the world has a lot to say about family and it's really bad stuff. I mean, they're, what they want family to be is completely backwards and upside down from what the word of God says that family is and how we operate within a family unit. We're all a family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And at the end of tonight, if you're not a Christian yet, you're gonna have an opportunity to become a part of the family. And then you really buckle up because the adventure really begins after you say yes to Jesus. But um, I actually was very fortunate to grow up in a family, a two-parent home. And it was not uncommon for me to hear things like, well, that might be fine for your friend, but in this house, Anyone ever heard that? In this house, <laughs> that's not going to work. You know, like, yeah, and over at that friend's house, that's going on, not in this house. Or um, I, was, I would hear it said often to me, well, you, my maiden name's Ward. You're a Ward woman. So in this house, what it means to be a part of this family is you, you do this and not that. And there's actually a lot of security that comes within that because you know how you're supposed to act. You know what you're supposed to do. You know, you know what you're not supposed to do. And um, Paul, I was reading through a lot of the letters that Paul wrote the church after the church started in Acts. And I feel like it literally is just like a bunch of written family meetings. Like, guys, it's time for a family chat. <laughs> you're doing this and you can't do that anymore because in this family, that does not work. And as we go into Christmas week, we're all going to be faced with a lot of relationships coming together. And I wanted to just remind all of us of a few things that the Word of God says that we should do and how we should be. And we're a discipleship church. So, you know, you sign up for what the Bible says in this house. In this house, we go by the Word of God. And that's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, and so I, I want you to feel loved tonight. I want you to feel like, okay, actually God makes it very black and white. Like there doesn't need to be a lot of confusion in regards to what it looks like to be a part of this family. And we're not perfect, but we're together and we get to do it together. And um, I wanted to point out a scripture reiterating the fact that this house is actually referred to as a home, like in the Bible. In 1 Timothy 3.15, um, Paul was writing, he really wanted to make it to see the church in, per in person, but it picks up, it says, if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. So that is the definition of the household in reference to the church, which is where we're at right now. So I wanna go over three things, three house rules, if you wanna put it like that, I would like to. And um, I want to just remind us of a few things that I just keep seeing pop up through conversations, in my own life, in my own relationships. And I just wanna help us go into Christmas um, really leaving behind the things that we need to leave behind and setting you guys up for this week of reflection because a week from tonight is Shredder Wednesday. 
and I'm not talking about guitar shredding. I'm talking about shredding on a piece of paper the things of it that you want to leave behind this year so that you can go into 2023 with fresh vision, a new wineskin for God to do all that he wants to do in you and through you. And that takes some reflecting. And I, all, I always get a bit reflective as the year comes to, the clo- comes to a close um, because it's important that we actually do some self-assessing and be honest with ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit to be honest with us so that next week when we come back, we're like, I don't know, I, I think I was good. Like, I'm good. No, this, we are going to disciple you and the Holy Spirit is going to take you from where you are right now to where you're gonna be, okay? Amen? So point number one, in this home, we don't stay offended, we forgive. All right? In this home, we do not stay offended. So our beautiful Pastor Leanne actually um, talked about this in our staff meeting last week. And she talked about how being offended does not look good on her. And so she doesn't do that. (laughs) And I really resonated with that. I actually don't get offended very easily. And if I do, it's like squirrel and then I forget. Um, So, and I think that's one way I am able to live a joyful life. But there's some of us in here that are going through seasons where you're holding on to offenses and it's actually hindering you from being able to forgive and to live in freedom, which is what God wants for you. Um, In in Ephesians 4.26, it says, be angry and do not sin. So I'm not saying that what you feel, like we shouldn't feel that we're not robots, but what do we do with those thoughts? What do we do with those feelings? What, we, what do we do in a situation? Jesus said, we will be offended. But what do we do with that offense? We, we have a choice. We either take it on and it becomes a part of us or we choose to forgive. And I know that it's harder said than done. I've been through seasons when we moved here actually, I was working in a church in Texas and left. I didn't leave very well. Like they'd literally heard I was gonna be moving. And so they fired me like way before we were gonna move. And that was our main source of income. And it was really stressful. And it put us in a really stressful position. We had to like get out of our lease early and it was just a whole thing. And I remember um, we had been in San Diego for about three or four months. And Mike was like, you've got to let this go. Like you, you can't keep holding on. Guess what? They're not thinking about you right now. <laughs> like you're the only one that is spiraling and rehearsing everything that happened to you. They're just moved, they've moved on and you're stuck. So you gotta let it go. You gotta figure this out. And it was so hard for me because of the injustice of it. I'm like, but they treat, how they treated me, I didn't feel like I deserved to be treated like that. And, and they said this to me and they, they gave me some trauma <laughs> that I just, I couldn't let it go. And it wasn't until my husband called me out that I realized, oh my gosh, I'm the only one stuck in this. And I can make a choice to stay in this offended bubble that I've created for myself. And I also didn't have any friends, which I'll get to that later on. Like literally we knew nobody when we moved to San Diego. So it was just me, myself and I, and my husband. 
And so I had a lot of time to just stew on all of these things that had happened to me. And that is not a good place to be in. And in this house, we're not going to tolerate it. Okay? Like, because God has a destiny for you and he has joy for you. And, and forgiveness is actually a gift that we're able to experience because of what Jesus did on the cross. He forgave us so that we can forgive others. And that that actually is complete access to all of us whenever we make that decision. And I don't want our relationships to be hindered because we're choosing to stay offended. That's not a good way to live. And it also opens you up to some other things. And if you are needing wisdom or if you're needing guidance on some of these things I'm talking about, read your Bible. Like, I don't mean that in like a read your Bible. Like Proverbs is full of wisdom. Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it, holds it back. Some of you have to stop talking to so many people about all the things that you're offended about. That's foolishness. We actually have to invite wisdom in and let our emotions be put to the side so that we can make really wise decisions. And if you, if you are ex, an external processor, you need to process with the right people. But once you process, you don't keep talking about it because that just grows that offense in your heart. It says it's wisdom to quietly hold it back. Proverbs 19.11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Can we be a church that thinks the best about people and assumes the best about people so that we can walk offense-free? And when those offenses come, we process with the right people, which normally it's processing up or processing with somebody that's had breakthrough in the thing that you're needing breakthrough in. It's not going to the person still stuck in the same thing that you're stuck in. That, that will actually open yourself up to like spirits. So there's a spiritual realm, there's a spiritual side to this. And when you're offended, it's actually an open door for the enemy to plant lies and to attach demonic strongholds to your heart to where that spirit is gonna look for its friend that can grow that in you. And I don't want that for you. God doesn't want that for you. And in this house, we're not gonna tolerate it because we're the family of God. And in this home, we're going to live with freedom and with wisdom. And we're gonna experience that liberation in 2023. And our relationships are gonna be better for it. I'm gonna read a lot of scripture tonight because I also really think that in, in 2023, I want us to be people that understand how to read the word of God. And the enemy will try so hard to keep you out of your Bible. And I've gone through a season um, since having my son Leon, he just turned three months. But it's been so hard for me to read my Bible. I know you're like, you're the pastor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's crazy. There is opposition to you getting into your word. And there's been so many mornings where I've opened my Bible up and I'm just like, I, I don't, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like, okay, maybe I'll try in an hour. Maybe I need a different playlist. Maybe I need a different type of coffee. Maybe I need an attitude check. I don't know. 
probably all of the above, but there is real resistance. And actually I took communion and then I set my alarm to consecrate, reconsecrate myself, to be able to meet with the Lord. I realized I needed to actually put a sacrifice um, so that I could reconnect with the word of God. And some of you in here, if you are stuck with reading your Bible and you are stuck from that flow of wisdom through the word of God, then ask the Holy Spirit to show you why. And don't tolerate not experiencing the bread of life in your own life. So I wanna read a lot of scripture because I can preach to you all night, but I wanna read the word of God over you. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption Get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So this is the instruction. This is the house rules. It's laid out very plainly so that we know how to act and we know what to do when these situations come along. And, um, and if you need more guidance, you use Google and then look up the verses on that topic and start there and see where the Holy Spirit takes you. But we're not gonna live offended in 2023. We don't have time for that. Amen? Okay. Family chat, number two. You guys doing okay? Yes? Okay, good. In this home, we do not tolerate unhealthy habits. In this home, we don't tolerate unhealthy habits. And this is raging against a spirit right now that it's made its way, crept its way into the church through empathy, through love is love, um, through confusion, and a lot of churches are afraid of offending people or making them feel uncomfortable, so they would rather let them sit in an unhealthy habit. But in this house, we're not going to tolerate that because the Bible says that we actually, the minute we accept Jesus, we're commissioned to make disciples of all men teaching them in the way that they should go. And so a part of this family is that your leader, when you, when you go to a connect group or when you find somebody, like Mike and I have people that we have given them access to point things out that are beginning to become unhealthy. And I want that for all of you. If you don't have that, then there's so many ways for you to get it. And... Because you're listening to this tonight, now you have no excuse, sorry. So like in three months, if you still don't have any accountability in your life, if you're still stuck, then you have to take personal responsibility because we can't do it for you. But when you're isolated and alone, you definitely are gonna have a hard time doing that by yourself. And that's why God calls us a family and why he calls this church a home because we're gonna help you recognize something that's unhealthy and then give you the steps to break out of it. And that's why we're so passionate 
about DNA. That's why you will hear me all the time say, those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. But what does that actually look like? Like, how does that play out? It plays out by you going to DNA and sitting down and meeting people that have already gone through. They've been somewhere that you haven't been yet so that they can impart into you something that's not there yet. And they're gonna be able to share their journey and their testimony and the beautiful thing is that that starts your testimony. I was at Cherish Prayer a few weeks back and I was praying with this really beautiful woman and she was praying. She was like, just take all of this away from me and fast forward me two, three, four years so that I can be a minister. And I stopped her. I'm like, you do realize that the way you become a minister is to not, not go through what you're going through. What you're going through is how you're going to become a minister. And how you go through this season right now is going to determine the level of authority that you're going to carry when God brings you people that are in your shoes right now, five years down the road. So if you want to walk in wisdom, if you want to, you know, pray with authority, if you want to preach, if you want to say yes to responsibility, if you want to say yes to making disciples, the whole point is you have to apply the word of God to your life, plant yourself in the house of God so that you can have the testimony that will break chains off of people. And I want that for all of us. We're a discipleship driven church. So we're not afraid to have the hard conversations. We're not afraid to point out the blind spots because that's what discipleship is. And I wouldn't I would definitely not be a pastor today if it were not for people pointing out my blind spots and helping me get breakthrough, helping me get freedom. The times that I came to the altar, ran to the altar, the times that I didn't care about what people thought about me. I just wanted freedom. I was sick of being sick and tired. I was sick of the panic. I was sick of having anxiety attacks. I was sick of being up, you know, in bondage of fear. I was sick of performance of pride, like the list goes on and on. But how, I I didn't know it 10 years ago, but that was preparing me for ministry. That was preparing Mike to be an entrepreneur and an engineer. That was preparing us to be parents to these kids that have a call in their life. So I wanna encourage you, if you've been sharpened lately, or if you said yes to discipleship, you're saying yes to some uncomfortable conversations, but it's going to build your testimony. It's going to bring you so much freedom. Put yourself on the potter's wheel because I promise you, you will not regret it. And don't run away from the hard. Don't run away when it gets hard. Don't run away when it gets uncomfortable. Push, Push into that. And I promise you that breakthrough, that feeling is so worth, so worth it. So worth it. So I'm going to read a big scripture over you guys, okay? I'm reading the word of God. Okay, Ephesians 4, 11 through 24. Y'all ready? You can follow along on the screen or if you have your Bibles. Ephesians 4, 11 through 24. So Christ gave... Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And this literally says instructions for Christian living. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles were the people that weren't Jews and they um, worshiped other gods. They were pagans, they were atheists. They were making really bad choices, okay? (laughs) So you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Talk about what we're seeing in our culture, right? That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Some of you just need to put your name in verses 20 through 24 and declare that scripture over yourself. And maybe that's a route where you're realizing, wait, I'm offended, but I should be thanking God that somebody loved me enough to point something out in me that needed to be cast off. That, that's your former self. When you come into Christ, you actually become a new person in the eyes of the spiritual, but we have to work that out and we get to work it out with each other. And, and I think how incredibly amazing would it be if we as a church, Awaken Eastlake, committed to being discipled? Like, how would that change our families? How would that change our finances, our parenting? What would it look like if we actually could humble ourselves, you know, put, it, put down our pride and, and be taught instructions for Christian living? And there's this thirst that needs to be quenched only by the word, not the world. And we have an opportunity to become a people of of faith, of wisdom, like people literally look at us and, and they're curious about it. So Mike and I live in Coronado and so many people are curious about us because a lot of the churches there are, are not fresh, real and powerful. And they're, they're definitely not discipleship churches. <laughs> like they literally have like the gay flags flying. I'm like, oh my, this is this is not good. Like this is very far off. This is a Gentile thing that they're doing and they're not supposed to be the Gentiles. They're supposed to be Christians. Anyway, and so um, they're very curious about us. It's been really cool having cherished prayer there. Um, one of our new friends, I love her so much. And she, she's like, you guys are like my crazy 
amazing friends and I feel, I don't feel cool enough, but I also, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And she, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're amazing. Like you, you're a powerful woman of God that's learning how to pray. And um, there's this thing that happens when you come into our church and um, beautiful Ellen and I were talking about this. She serves in kids church. You get more handsome and more beautiful, but literally you do. Like, I've never looked this good. (laughs) My husband's never looked that good. And it's not because we're vain. It's because we're free. It's because we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit brings youth. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit brings youth, that we get to live long and prosperous lives, that our children flourish, that we have joy. And we actually can see the transformation from the outside looking in, not just experience it from the inside out. And we're known as like the pre-church. I'm like, no, we should be known as the transformed church. Like we transform people. We literally are the house of transformation. And you can see it. And beautiful Ellen, I didn't ask if I could share this. I think she's in kids right now, but her testimony is so powerful. She started coming to Cherish Prayer. I'm going to plug prayer a lot. You're going to hear that a lot because I'm intentionally doing that. So just so you know. But um, she showed me a picture and she like put her phone right next to her face. She's like, look, I don't even look like the same person. And she didn't. Her eyes were a different shape. Her, her pupils were different. Her face structure was different and she is glowing. She's so beautiful. She was beautiful when she walked in, but she's been transformed because she said yes. She said yes to planning herself here. She said yes to discipleship. She said yes to casting off her old life. And that's my testimony too. That's so many of our testimonies. So don't be intimidated. Or if you have friends like, oh, that's the pretty church. Cause I literally am hearing that a lot. I'm like, oh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. You don't want that? You're crazy. Everyone should want that. Everyone should want to feel their best and and have this experience here on earth that is something that only the Holy Spirit can do. So we're not going to tolerate unhealthy habits. We're going to be discipled and we're going to be transformed. And it's just incredible to see it happen over and over and over. All right. My last point, my last rule for our family chat (laughs) <clears throat> and I can, I'll go ahead and invite the band up. In this home, we don't coexist. In this home, we don't coexist. Um, when Mike and I got married, I, we didn't live together before we got married. And so we moved in together right after we got back from our honeymoon. And I realized very quickly that we had been raised in two different types of homes where it was a rule in my family. Like whenever I woke up, I would say good morning to everybody else that was awake. Just a rule. If I was gonna leave the house, I would say bye to everyone and then I would leave. If whoever was home ate together at the table. If only two people were home, it would just be those two people, we'd eat together. If all of us were home, we would all eat together. My husband grew up in a home where they just kind of did their own thing. Like they would come, they would go, they would eat standing up, which is a trigger of mine. (laughs) They would eat standing up very quickly, not chew their food, I don't think. And um, (laughs) 
I, I realized, oh my gosh, there was no, there was just coexisting in his, his family growing up. And, um, and we had to work through that because I, I didn't want a marriage where we would just do our own thing and then if we happen to see each other, great. But if, if we weren't intentional about it, then we might not see each other. Like we've gotten so many fights where I'm like, did you leave the house without saying goodbye to me? We don't do that. That's not, that's not okay. And I was thinking like how sad that, that so many people treat the house of God in a way where they coexist. And they just come in and they sit down and then they leave after without saying hello or goodbye or, or sharing their life. Like that's not how God created and intended family to be. And I look at the, the world and, and how <clears throat> so many people are hurting right now, especially around the holidays and, and the statistics are heartbreaking. Depression is at an all-time high. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Substance abuse is at an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. And I, I, we, we can't tolerate that in the house of God. We can't let people come in and leave without feeling connected. And if you feel disconnected, don't let yourself, don't coexist because there's an open invitation to being unified. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen one another. And um, Mike and I like to say, like we fight really well. Like we actually are really good at fighting. I know it sounds funny, but like we fight for the right things and we don't fight against each other. And and we realize that if, if we are really close, then we're gonna be able to sharpen each other. But if we're not close, there's no sharpening happening. And there, there can be a dullness that, that begins to happen. And it's true in the context of marriage, but it's also true in the context of the house of God. And if you feel a little dull, it's probably because you haven't allowed yourself to get close enough to people to where you're sharpened. But when you get sharpened, you can't get offended because that's the other rule. Like we have to actually make a conscious effort to be in close proximity, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. That's why I love Cherished Prayer. That's why I love our connect groups. That's why I love serving with one another and laughing and eating together and celebrating birthdays together. It's how God created it to be. Second Corinthians 1 through through four says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And I want, I want us to leave here feeling like we're not alone, because you're not. It's a lie that the enemy has gotten really good at deceiving people in that you're alone, that nobody else is going through what you're going through. But I promise that you're not alone. And just as the scripture says, God wants to comfort you, but he actually fully comforts us through one another. And if you don't open up to somebody that has Jesus, you're not gonna receive the fullness of being known, the fullness of being comforted. 
And I know it's scary. And I know that, you know, there's a risk attached to getting close to people. But can I just encourage you? And and as your pastor, don't, don't let yourself believe that lie. You are so fun. You are so loved. You're so valuable. You're worth hanging out with and going out with and and experiencing community with, and you have a, a great personality, okay? Like your personality is so needed in this house. If we only had Marcos, there'd be like, <laughs> you know? I want, I want to give you permission to be yourself and to let others experience who you are and who God created you to be. And I, I just, I want to stick it to the devil. Like there's so many people that are buying into this, this, this lie that coexisting is good enough. It's not, it's not good enough. It's not biblical. It's going to take some, um, some real effort. I mean, it took like 10 years for Mike living with me to not coexist. (laughs) Really though, honestly, like I know it's funny, but he had to be really intentional because it was not programmed for him to be, okay, let's sit down and have a conversation or a cup of coffee together. Like he was like, I I just gotta get out the door and I gotta go dominate and take dominion over all the earth. (laughs) And, um, And so it's not gonna be easy for some of you. I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to be easy, but it's what we're called to do. And if you see people in your world right now, it's, it's the week of Christmas and people are really having a hard time. And I want us all to make a commitment to not coexist uh, with your family, even if it's hard, you know, don't coexist with them over this weekend. All right. And I, I'm gonna um, pray courage of you and we're gonna have the ministers up here too. And if you're, if you're in here and you realize, wow, I've really been deceived, like I've really been depressed and I'm really good at putting on the facade and showing up and taking, you know, taking a shower, like you can fool a lot of people with a, a good shower and some makeup. <laughs> I mean, I was like really sleep deprived for two months and none of you guys really realized how tired I was because I have great under eye concealer. <laughs> heart. You're welcome, ladies. But God sees you. He knows you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows every single thought. And he knows that he sat you right next to the person you're sitting next to right now. And he knows who you're going to be sitting next to on Christmas Eve. And when you go to the grocery store, he knows who you're going to bump into. And his love is so furious for us. And he created a family that no matter how dysfunctional you were raised in your natural family, you are now entering into a healthy, beautiful family of God. And we have the family rules right here. And we're gonna remind ourselves of them. But if you guys could just stand your feet. Acts 2, 46 through 47, right after the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people got saved. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. And it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that is what we get to have with one another. And I'm gonna invite the ministry team um, forward. If you need prayer, if you feel alone right now, if you feel overwhelmed, if you, if you need to confess something, if you need to extend forgiveness, I wanna give you an opportunity before you go into Christmas to just experience freedom, experience love, experience the feeling of not coexisting. But can I just tell you that, um, that God is, God is so good and he has so much in store for us. And I'm so proud of you for being here tonight. I'm so proud of you for the work that you've done to break off generational curses, to make decisions, to go to counseling, to go to DNA when it was scary. I'm proud of you for making your testimony filled with authority. And um, I'm gonna pray, but if you guys could just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, can you just raise your can you just wave it to me real quick? I see that hand. See that hand. Just wave one more time. Our ministry team's just gonna make sure they see you because I want to make sure that you leave filled with the Holy Spirit and equipped and empowered to go into this Christmas week um, where you can worship and, and experience the fullness of what it feels like to be a part of our family. And um, God loves you so much and he's so excited. He has so much in store for you. Um, but for all the rest of us, can we give a round of applause? There's like three or four hands. People that said yes to Jesus and yes to this family as crazy as we are. But I wanna pray over us. And then if you, if you wanna come to the altar, feel free to get prayer with a minister or just come to the altar. Like you don't necessarily need somebody to pray with you. Like God is here, the Holy Spirit's here. The worship team's gonna play. And um, I'm just gonna pray right now. You just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the gift of family. I thank you that we get to be home for Christmas. I thank you that you've given us one another. You've given us your word. I pray right now against the lies of the enemy that have made their way into our minds, into our hearts, into our families. And we break that power of those lies right now in the name of Jesus. The lies that say that, that we're not worth knowing, that we're not good enough. The lies that say that we can't do it, that we don't have self-control, that, that we can't let things go. Whatever the lie is, we break it in the mighty name of Jesus. And we declare freedom and joy over every person in this room. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you are encountering people in their seats. We release the power of the Holy Spirit over every person in this room. They would feel your power right now. They'd be filled with you. It says in your word that you fill us with power, love, and a soundness of mind. So I declare that over every person today. I thank you that we get to be a family. I thank you that you came in the form of a baby, that we get to come back on Christmas Eve and sing songs and worship and be together. And I thank you for all that you have in store for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages 
information about upcoming events and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.